Welcome to Family Unmuted, where Ruben and Tiana Estrada open the door to their lives as real estate brokers, owners of a family business, parents, and everything in between. This is our world, Unmuted. Welcome back to Family Unmuted uh, Season 2 Recap. So we need to recap what we talked about (laughs) this season and what? What happened this season? Lots of things. Finding an interesting parallel in our seasons in YouTube, our our seasons on our podcast, and our season in life. And we were just talking before we came on how I felt this season of Family Unmuted actually opened my eyes to a lot more things um, than previous seasons. Uh, I don't know why. Tell me more. Why? I actually, like... (laughs) 2023, I think for us, is going to go down as like the year of change. I don't know of anyone who has had like this much change in one year, actually in 10 months, because this is October. So, I mean, it's just change after change after change after change. And when I went back to look at previous episodes of our podcast and the things that we talked about, um, we were seeing, you know, what are the, some of the things that our, our listeners were most engaged in. Mm-hmm. And I think that ended up being our podcast on abundance and on mm-hmm. clarity. And I found that interesting because when I think back to those episodes, I think we were more, <laughs> not that we don't love our listeners, but that was for us. Like we needed to have those conversations at those times because of where we were in our lives. Um, and so I think I'm, I guess for me, like I'm just grateful for this podcast and the opportunity to kind of open our eyes to areas where we might need help or support or, you know, just clarity on stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, the last few months I've, I've read more, I've listened to podcasts more, I've listened to um, books uh, on Audible, mm-hmm. um, I've spent more time in the car listening to things that are helping me get some more clarity around things, and it's definitely helped. Uh, I, I think that we try to live this balanced life, and I don't think that a balanced life exists. And the more we try to have it balanced or try to make it balanced, the more frustrated we get. And we're just going to uh, live a life of being out of balance from time to time. And out of balance is just a temporary thing. So you come out of balance for a little bit to focus on something that you really want. But then you come back to what's also important to you. And I think that, I think Gary Keller talks about counterbalancing in his book. We live a counterbalanced life. We don't live a balanced life. Hmm. I agree agree with that. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think that we've talked in several episodes about consistency and how difficult that is. But I think that we typically only look at it from a job or a business standpoint, consistency, and don't understand that we are very consistent in the areas that matter in our lives and I think that that deserves some conversation and some gratitude as well 
because sometimes that consistency and what's really important to you and what really is a priority results in inconsistency in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think the challenge then becomes most people are like, I, I just can't do it because I just can't be consistent instead of figuring out a way to be consistent in that area in an, it, that you're comfortable with. So when we talk about the episodes of abundance and clarity, I think abundance in our family in general, and we talked in that episode about what abundance means to us, but I think that drives everything for us. We want to live an abundant life in all these different areas of our life. And there's always one, no matter where we are, like even right now, as we sit here today, there are one or two areas of my life right now that I'm like, hmm, not as abundant as I would like it to be. So what can I do to change that? And be with that abundant mindset carrying you through, clarity is a must. And I think we spent a lot of time this year working on clarity because it, it is so hard. So when you say clarity, what does that mean? What's really important, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, um, the definition of abundance for yourself, because I think that even in even within our family, we can think that, oh, well, that's important to you, so it should be important to me, but it's not. And, and being okay with understanding, like, that's great for you. I want that for you. I'll support you however I can for you. But that's not the definition for me. And having those understandings, not, it's not just one goal. It's, you know, all of us as individuals, we have a family goal, but in there, we all have these individual things that will help us get there. And I think too many times we spend too much time trying to make it one way mm-hmm. and that just doesn't work. So, you know, clarity on as a mom I think it's challenging. You know, you and I are quasi empty nesters, meaning three of our children are gone and have started their lives. Two are still at home. And it's been a struggle for me with the littles. And I've had to get really clear about, you know, I've been the parent volunteer. I I don't want to do that now and being okay with that. Like, I'm good letting other people volunteer. I'm good letting other people go on the field trips. I'm good... And, and being okay with that, having that clarity of my time is better spent in different ways with them than that. So getting clear on stuff like that is mm. my point. Mm. Or we talk about it in business. Mm-hmm. We've had to get really clear on stuff that I just am not willing to do in our business. <laughs> and it's hard because some of the things that I'm not willing to do are absolutely the quickest way to get us where we want to go. <laughs> but I'm just not willing to do them. Well, and I think we've gotten clear about who we want in our lives. Um, mm. You know, who who makes us better, I think, is important to us. Um, and eliminating those that kind of bring us down. Um, but that's hard. Because I don't, I don't necessarily think that when someone tries or is bringing us down, it's not on intentional at all. No, it's not that they're a bad person. No. And it's just sometimes I don't have the bandwidth to try to change that person's ideals and values. So I kind of just distance myself, just kind of like fade into the background. Um, and then hopefully that they can figure it out. <laughs> well, but that, and that's, that's... It's, it's unfortunate, I think. But maybe, maybe I'm thinking it in a wrong way where it's like, 
is that judgment or is that or maybe they, that's where they want to be and that's and maybe they've improved like i don't know so i i kind of struggle with that too I think when you try to put too much thought into it, that's where it becomes a well. That's slope. me. I, just I know. Thought, well, yeah. you're like I'm just going to overthink it. Overthinker, but sure. I think when you start to, th- why is someone doing that? Why? Right. And that leads to like judgment or whatever. At the end of the day, even if you knew why someone was doing that, or if you knew why someone was the way they were, it doesn't change the fact that the energy <laughs> that they give you just isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. And you say it all the time and you've told the kids all the time, you can't be everything to everybody. And so it's just a hard fact in life that you have to figure out who do I want to be everything to Mm -hmm. and how do I do that? And in life, you just cannot be that to everybody, nor should you try. Mm -hmm. But I think this year has been full of a lot of mini breakdowns and huge breakdowns, Mm -hmm. especially for you. It's been a big year for you. Mm Mm-hmm. A huge year for you. <laughs> ginormous year for you. But I mean, what is that? What is that? What's big? What's ginormous? Is it just life-changing events? Or what? what is it that... Why is this year different from last year? Just a lot of change. A lot of change? Personally? Yeah, personally. A lot of growing. A lot of growing pains. A lot of maturing. Um... Just a lot of thinking, I feel like. A lot more thinking than last year, like where you just go through the motions and figure out as you go, but now you have to sort of strategically plan on what you're going to do. And I think that's the hard part because you don't know how or what to do. So, like, like it's not high school anymore. <laughs> there's not yeah. a textbook? Yeah. Although there like, could be. Well, I there's mean, no one around there's a lot of There's a lot of resources out there. Yeah, but there's like no, like in high school, you had a community of people going through the same, like you had a classroom of full of people doing the same thing. Mm. You're sort of solo in um, life and it's just hard to figure out what you're going to do because you don't know, okay, how do I, you get into this comparison of what this person's doing mm-hmm. or you try to model someone, but they're in a different life so or different stage in life than you. So it's just hard to find your own path. Um, and I think, like you said, I've been listening to a lot more books, a lot more, just trying to figure out like self-development, I think is the key this year and just finding the way to persevere through the change and know that everything's going to be okay. Um, is a difficult part mm-hmm. consistently. <laughs> yeah. I think that one of the things, um, that we try to teach you, but we're also learning ourselves is. Um, or for me personally, I don't know about you. I can't speak to you, but, um, is thinking bigger. That has really resonated with me. I thought I knew what that meant, but I really didn't. No, I, I agree. Like it's hard to think big when no one around you is thinking big. You yeah. Know? And then like you're limited to the, the way you, the thinking big, like there's a <laughs> limit to that. And when you go to other people that have thought bigger than that, it's like, it's eye-opening. Yeah. It's like, holy smokes, I'm not thinking big enough. It's energizing. Yeah, Well, totally. you find yourself kind of in that area. Like, we'll say some things that we think are like these big astronomical ideas to people, and they'll be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. But then you go on the other end, to and you go to some of these conferences or these mm-hmm. panels, and you say something, and they almost laugh at you because you're like, really? That's all you're thinking? So you're like, oh, it, mm-hmm. you're in that middle of 
then you're sitting there feeling judged and you go, it goes back to your comparison. And we've always said comparison is a thief of joy, but I don't think that you can ever get out of that, whether you're Ariana's age, because she's, well, this person has that and that person does that. Mm -hmm. And this person does this or all the way up to, you know, grandparents and older siblings and whatever. Well, this person had that or they did this with their life and I don't have time. And this is comparison is a constant. You want to talk about consistency? I think that's one of the most consistent things in everybody's life is comparison. And that really sucks. Yeah. Because that you don't know all the different dynamics that go on with that person's life. Exactly. Like you don't know what they went through as a child. You don't know what Mm -hmm. they've gone through as an adult. You know, the background. Yeah, right. all the things, all the different but things. But the funny thing that, is, yeah. is that so yeah. many people are willing to be like, I would trade it for what you have, not knowing that. And that's yeah. cuckoo to me. Like, yeah. are, really? Would you just for what you see on the outside and not understanding that journey? And I think that's a mistake. We've talked about this in a podcast too. That's that's a mistake that we make far too often. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy because, to compare something because you see the result. Like, oh, I'd trade that for anything, but they don't see what happened. Like, especially in social media, like, you see all these, like, investors and stuff, like, making, like, 100K flips. In reality, they're making, like, 2K flips a year ago. Yeah. And maybe you would take their journey. Like, there's been some investors who were, like, literally homeless and lived in their car for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if you want to live in your car and that's part of your journey, then cool. Yes, model that person. But the point is, know their story, their entire story before deciding that you think that you want what they have. Because we've talked about how there's a million people on this earth who want what you have right now. The person who's listening to this right now or watching this right now, there are a million people that probably want what you have right now. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not savvy. Well, that is true, and I think um, that's that's it's a good way to look at things. Is and that's you know being grateful for what you have and who mm-hmm. you are, um, and also knowing that there's a drive to become something bigger and better. Um, that's always that's good. It's and good, we're and we're good. To- I mean, we're good, right? Like if if I were to die tomorrow i'd be good i'm not saying I, i'm not gonna die tomorrow i was like but you're saying we'd be good no but i'm just saying i'd be good i i'm good oh like i'm on a journey but i'm i'm good right now like i'm good don't, don't you think that okay so you me and you've been reading the same book flip the switch and he yeah. says coach Bert says good is not good enough Mm-hmm. You have to be great. So, do you think like you're robbing yourself of being great because you're good? Mm. Yeah, I mean, in the book, um, uh, I forget the title right now, but yeah, they say that good is the enemy of great. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do agree to that. Yes, but at the same time, what this person always teaches is that you got to celebrate the wins along the way. Well, you said you could be. You can have gratitude, but you don't need to have satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, I could see that. Um, and do I want to be great at something? Yes. But that also, being great at something doesn't always have value in the world. Well, and also, how do you determine that? I know that's what I'm saying. That, that you could you could be great at something, but 
Like what? Give me an example. Um, because that's the whole point in the book that we're reading. He's like, find what you're great at, monetize it, package it, deliver it. Well, I guess the question is, who determines greatness? And I think that could be different. Well, yeah, it's subjective. It's like who determines if you have a great life or not. Right. Who does? But, you do. Yeah, but you're saying it's good. No, I'm good right now. I'm I'm good. I, I do have satisfaction in in where my life is today. I'm not totally dissatisfied. Yeah, but you're not completely <laughs> satisfied. No, no. And, I, and, and, I, da- and dad yeah. never is. No, and I, I think, think that's that journey to greatness. But mm-hmm. my fear is not not a fear. My thought is the definition of great is always going to be changing because mm-hmm. you can always Improve. be better. So, okay, let's talk about business. I don't know what the stats are for real estate agents who are selling a ton of homes right now. I know it's in the hundreds, some thousands. They're selling thousands of homes a year. When you think on it that level, like you would probably think that's a great accomplishment. That's greatness in real estate. But guess what? There's 2,000 and 3,000 and 4,000 and 5,000. So I don't know that you will ever truly achieve Greatness, never-ending greatness. I think you can always be better. That's the hard part. There's always going to be a different level of greatness. Hmm. I think the striving toward greatness, but I don't know that it's, that you'll be able to stand there one day and say, I did it, I'm great. At least not on this earth. What's weird thing is that I would love to be great at something, but in secret. I don't get any recognition for yeah. it. Yeah, I will. I w- anonymously. I want to be anonymously great. Why? Because I just don't enjoy. I don't enjoy the spotlight. But do you feel like I don't want to get the credit? I don't want to get the credit. But do you feel like it's a disservice? To who? To people who might need whatever it is you're... Well, they still get it. They just don't know where it comes from. I don't see how that would work. I know. That's why I struggle with it. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Is it... Is is that weird? I think it is. (laughs) A little bit. Well, how, how do you be great at something if nobody knows that you're great at something? Because you've mastered... Like, you could... You've mastered something... But not, not everybody needs to know about it. But, but, okay, so to Buddy's point, I think our wavelength is on the same level here. Greatness would mean, in your eyes, I feel like you, you think that you would be great at something if you helped a huge amount of people. Right. That, that's your level of greatness. Right. So how can you help a huge amount of people if they don't know that you're out there to help them? Like, I would love to write a million-dollar check to a cause that I believed in and then it not know where it came from. Okay, but the way getting there, you have to know where... But how many people do you have to help along the way to get to that point? And they have to know. Like, it's... it's. I think... They, they can know interiorly, but I don't think the... Like, it doesn't need to be 
broadcasted. It doesn't need to be under the spotlight. Um, I mean, and that that would be my preferred method. I don't know if it exists or not, but I would love to do that. Okay, so let's say like, so I'm thinking of like, let's say Grant Cardone. You don't know that if he donated a million dollars to a cause, but he has the capability of doing it, and he probably has. So is that what you want to be, or do you just not even want to be famous at all, or known? Well, yeah, all? if I could known. be. N- n- you not want, famous. You just want to be Mr. Anonymous? Yeah. What? Yes. Yes. How? I See, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just figuring out the how. Yeah, exactly. Like, how, how do would you, you be achieve Mr. How would you stuff make... if nobody knows what it is you do? Like, we've talked about this. We buy and sell houses. Are we saving lives? Absolutely not. Do we... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to make it something that, I mean, we help people. Mm-hmm. We help people in the realm of what our talent is. I feel like we've been blessed with the talent of connecting people with homes and figuring out solutions to the problems they may have with buying or selling houses. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we are good at that. We're working toward greatness, but I think we're good at that. I can't help somebody change their diet to prolong their life i can't so i don't want to make what we do bigger than what it is but we have the capacity through what it is that we do every day to spread our reach and help in other ways but if people don't know about us we don't know about them and I think that's that's the hard part. Like, it's not about people knowing us. It's about reaching enough people so that we can get to know people and continue to try to help them solve problems in whatever capacity that we can. And if we can't do it, connecting them with people who can. But if you're not out there and you're just a secret, then how are you going to find people? I don't know. I'm just saying if I had a chance to wave a magic wand, that's the preferred method for me. I don't know if it's realistic, but that's that would be the way I'd want my life to look. Is to do great things with zero credit. But you enjoy seeing other people get credit. Yes. I just don't know how you will make a million with being anonymous. I never heard of an anonymous millionaire. I know. So I'm tasked with the impossible. <laughs> with the that's, impossible. That's his definition of greatness, I guess. Yeah. You yeah. find one client that pays you like 10 million. <laughs> but that goes back to clarity. He's really mm-hmm. clear on that. Mm-hmm. So his days are going to be spent trying to figure out a way to make that happen and along the way you're probably going to do some really really great things along the way yeah i guess it goes back to the old zig ziglar thing it's you know you help enough people get what they want you you get what you want and i i don't know if there's a truer statement out there that could help all walks of life Mm -hmm. and that doesn't cost anything really other than your time And if I could figure out how to pe- how to help people get their time back, 
because that's probably the most valuable thing that we have, I would do that. So if any of you have any ideas <laughs> on how we can help people get their time back. Why aren't you a coach? I feel like that would Good question. give people like a business coach. Because you have all these great ideas. You have all these things. Nobody really gives their coach a credit. I have an answer for that, but I want to hear his first. I've asked him this before. I forgot the answer. <laughs> so I'm getting on the podcast. I feel like I'm too screwed up to be a coach. But isn't that the best way to learn? Like we're going to screw up together? Let's go. Well, I mean, you <laughs> know what to go no, through. It's... You've already been through the mud. Yeah. You're right. I have. I probably have more failures than I do successes. I've never tallied it up, but that's just my gut. So does Michael Jordan. Yeah. And so do Hall of Fame baseball yeah. players. And all, I mean... If you look at it, that's where the success comes from. You know, it's all your failures. Um, but what was your, what was, why do you think I'm not a coach? I've always said I think you're not a coach because you feel like you're not qualified to be a coach. You always find something that disqualifies you from being a coach. And I, I don't know if we've talked about this on an episode before or not, but I have said, and I know I, I can go back to a Facebook post. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I basically like made you coach. I was like, you basketball. Oh, like, basketball. you have to coach. I think it might've been your freshman year. And I was like, you have to coach. And you're like, no, no. And I said, but that is where, that is where you're alive is when you coach, no matter what it is. You, you've you done a little bit in small business coaching. You've done a lot of basketball coaching. And when I see you, I think the post was, like, you are the happiest when you're coaching. It's just you have to be pushed to do that. And I think you automatically disqualify yourself, but you don't know. Like, you don't know what a coaching client's going to need. Mm-hmm. Maybe they really need support in how to run a business with kids, how to be present with your kids and present in your business. Maybe they need help. Like, I think you make up all these things in your head about what they're going to ask you, and then you disqualify yourself. But part of the coaching, like Nathaniel said, is that could be a path to greatness for you and that you are helping all these other people build or work through things. You've always said, whether it's our kids or people that we've been in business with you want to help them learn from your failures so again i i think that you choose not to coach because you disqualify yourself all the time it's a way you look at it i feel like if you coached and you're talking business coaching yeah i'm talking okay. business coaching like if you coach like every time i bring up something you're like oh i know that oh i know that like if, if you would have just told me that I wouldn't have read the book. <laughs> like, <But I> think- <laughs> that's saving me time. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, you need, you need to hear it from somebody else. I well, and I think, yeah. Like, I, know, I can but, tell you. I know. I've, and but, I've told you those things before. You just haven't listened. Well, I was also but a in this teenager. Instance, <laughs> but in this instance, like a father-son dynamic, yeah. That, is, yeah. that is that is different. Or a husband-wife, that's different. Well, look at, look at Georgie. Like, he looks up to you. Like, anything you say, he'll do. Like, when you said that he wasn't at the wedding, he went to Mexico with us. Like, he told me, like, once you said that, it, like, hit him. 
So I think you're like, your value is a lot greater than you think to people around you. And that saved him a lot of time. Like he brings up everything that you've done when you were in, like in with Tom downtown, like he brings up everything. He's like, I implemented that. So, I mean, he's like, he even told me he saved you years of time or you saved saved him. Yeah. You saved him years of time. But see, this conversation is making dad very uncomfortable right now. Yeah. (laughs) He, he doesn't like it. He just, he just doesn't like it. Like coaching. But I, I feel like you're looking at it, maybe, maybe put on some different glasses and understand that coaching, it's not about you. It's Which about is what you them. want. <laughs> it's about them. And but I mean, I like, care about that person. That's That would be the only right, reason the, why but, I would do it. Is that, and I get attached to that. Like when you don't do something, that affects me. And Because it's, it's like, crap, I'm not, I'm not presenting it in a way where you, where you see value in taking action. And when you don't take action, I take it personally. And I, I can't even handle my own burdens, much less somebody else, my coaching client's burdens. And I take that and I put that on my shoulders and I I just can't. I don't think it's fair to our family. I don't I don't think it's fair to me. And until I have that shift in mindset, I don't think I can be a coach. I think the shift is you find more clients so you don't get who are doing very well and do value your time. And limit the people who disappoint you. Well, and I, I don't. I think people value they value my time. It's just when when they don't take the right action, I see it as a failure. I see their failure as my failure, and I get really attached to it. So, like in basketball, yes, I'm alive. But if we don't win the game, or I don't see an improvement in the player, that's on me. But I think it's interesting that the first thing you're talking about is these people failing. You didn't mention, like, what if they go on to do amazing things? Well, that's what he was saying, is it? But I'm just saying, it just... I know. That's that's the first place you went, is these people are going to fail and it's going to frustrate me. Well, I'm just saying, if they do fail, I get attached to it. That's weird coming from you. Why? Because you're always like, you never look at that, anything that way. I do. I mean, you don't. You don't. Maybe like in secret. Me, no. Yeah. Well, like with me, like you're like, like a few months ago when we were doing that Amazon thing, you're like, so what if it just does really well? And I'm like, well, what if it fails? And you got mad at me for saying that same thing. <laughs> well, that's me being a coach. Yeah. I mean, but I still, but I still get attached to that. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't yeah. think you're, I don't think you're yeah. giving yourself enough credit. And I think that. And maybe I'm just what? coming up with excuses. <laughs> Maybe I'm just making all this stuff up just so you can stop and just bury the approaching <laughs> idea. I don't know. It just comes out naturally, though. Like You always want to be around business owners. You always want to be around these things to sort of coach them in a way, but not officially. You like, Yeah. Like you I mean, I did it with – I mean, we met with our attorney. Ex- that's what I was going to say. <laughs> at lunch yesterday, and I feel like I grilled her a little bit because it's like – it wasn't even fair. I'm like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about that. And it's like. Well, yeah. To his, and I, and I, don't, I don't mean to do that. I know. I that's why I said it just naturally comes out over a court quadilla. 
your natural. That you loved. <laughs> it was bomb. I love that. I know. And it was yeah. like 2.30 and we hadn't eaten yeah. anything. And all you could do was talk about this pork quesadilla. That was yeah. so amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that's Nathaniel's point. You naturally do it anyway. But for whatever reason, like once you put a label on it, exactly. you like, Ugh. Well, I think it's just naturally being curious about people. That's all. Well, that's all that's, a coach does. You're yeah. curious about people to figure out what it is that drives them or motivates them. And then you help them build on that. Okay. So that fills my cup. What fills your cup? Let's get this attention <laughs> going evenly. No, you can't just accept it and move on. You're absolutely correct. You're so right. I'm, I'm there. Coach Ruben here. If you'd like to be coached by a moron, call me. <laughs> no, because this is this is the thing that becomes sort of unfair is because you can push us and challenge us every day, but you don't like us doing it to you. I I'd like this. No. It's fun. It is. I do. Don't say it like I'm it's enjoying cute. it. Like, oh, no, you guys I like are cute. These guys. Oh, you guys are yeah. cute. This is fun. <laughs> Great therapy session. <laughs> don't you, say it like that. You guys that. see our new cups? <laughs> if you want one, let us know. <laughs> Call Coach Moron. <laughs> Coachmoron.com. I hope that's not taken. <laughs> the guy who has zero clients. Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. So, I don't know how we got there. Holy smokes. That's a, a rabbit hole. This is supposed to be a season Good recap. Yeah. Yeah. We just started and it's a about Grill Rubin on his all his whole other season. Oh my yeah. gosh. No, but again, this comes to what he's talking about. Just. Yeah. A lot of change. And I I will say personally, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you can fill in after. I am definitely not the same person I was on January 1 of this year. Well, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. But like on a, on a way bigger level. Like I don't think the same. I'm not looking at things the same. Like this is the first time I've been like, wow. There's just been an entire shift of just how I'm looking at life and and business and kids and just all the things. Like we've hit some major milestones this year mm-hmm. that I think have we talked about Well let's recap it. Let's recap all the milestones we hit on the season recap. Oh gosh. So January one. <laughs> January seems like an eternity ago. I know, Your was birthday? that still this year? I had a birthday that month. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember it. Olivia's birthday? Uh, yeah. Okay, so here okay. are some... Okay, so January. Boom. My mom turned 65. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a milestone. Like, mm-hmm. 65, she's really close to retirement. I'm counting the days, even though I don't have a deadline. I'm, like, counting the days for her, for this next chapter to open and understanding, like, that's a huge change in our dynamic and even in our family because Nana has just always worked, been working <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and doing her thing. So as excited as I am for her to retire, I know there's a piece where we're like, wow, what's Nana going to do? And what are some of the things that maybe I or even the girls now take on mm-hmm. so that she can start? Pass this the baton. next chapter, this next Pass chapter in her life, yeah. and and truly enjoy it because that's all I want for her. So, she turned sixty five. Let's see, February, March, April. I think once April came, it was like phew, fire hose in the face. 
mm-hmm. because uh, Trinity graduated college. We finished our season one podcast. Oh, wait, we finished yeah. our season one season podcast. Season one our first, podcast. Yeah, which, that's a huge accomplishment. Which, when we look back at yeah. season one, oh my it's God. It's so bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that good now. I'm so but sorry, guys. Like, um, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, we're not that great right now, but I mean, at least we're getting a little bit better. It was hard to pull you through that. It was hard to pull you yeah, through that season. Yeah. yeah, we were kicking and screaming. It's just, we did not want to do it. We, as in. As in you. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's so, all on me, guys. All on me. Trinity graduated. Yep. Yeah, um, from college. Huge accomplishment. Huge, huge accomplishment. She moved. She, well, moved. then Savvy came. Oh, so, yeah. So we had our first grandbaby. Nathaniel had his first baby um, in May. So that was life-changing. Um, Aurora turned 24, which she's the one that I'm like, oh. Like, when I see her mm-hmm. age now, mm-hmm. I'm like, she's, she's going to be 25 this year. Like, how, 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 how does that happen? You know what's better than 24? 25. <laughs> putting that on her birthday cake. Um, so then Savvy was born. Uh, Trinity moved. Across mm-hmm. the country. Well, mm-hmm. not across the country, but... Oh, I don't know if we told you guys this. The story of the keys. Oh. Did we mention that oh, in no. season one? No. No? Why are you bringing this up? I didn't think we wanted to. Are you yeah. going to get sick? Ooh. That was a bad day. Well, if you don't know, so we moved Trinity out, and then we got a U-Haul. And then we moved all of her stuff in. I was taking the U-Haul back to the U-Haul place. <laughs> Jonathan's going to kill And I left the keys in the... The key to the apartment in the U-Haul. And left! Drove through LA traffic, got back to the apartment, and then and I realized that we didn't have the keys. So you asked Jonathan where the keys were. Yeah, I thought he got them out of the <laughs> and U-Haul. Jonathan says, point blank, they're in the cup holder. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God. Well, and let's talk about the keys because Trinity has an apartment in Brentwood, an older building, like... Like, you can't lose this apartment. You can't lose yeah. this apartment. Yeah. And there's one key. Like, one set of keys. It's on a Saturday or a Sunday. I think her landlord is, like, out of, I don't know, she's out of town or something. And there's no way to get another there's key. There's no way to get another key. Yeah. There's just there's just not a, another way to get a, another key. And, of course, we don't want Trinity to have to call her landlord and be like, hi, it's my first day here, and I'm an idiot, and I lost my keys. Can you bring yeah. me another one? Like, it, we were all just sick over it, right? So, you have to go get the keys back. And how? I have no idea. So, I end up going back to the U-Haul place. I ask everybody that's working there, have you seen these keys? And they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Like, if you if we find keys, we return them. Go check the front desk. Ask everybody at the front desk, and then I I I'm practically begging, like we gotta find these keys. So I go in and ask the young lady behind the counter. I'm like, who's who's who rented a truck? Who rented our truck? Because not only did I leave the keys in there, it was like super rented. busy that day, and immediately got rented to somebody else. And that person had it rented for three days, which means they could have gone out of state. Like, they could be going to who knows where. <clears throat> so they're like, I'm sorry, dude. This this guy's gone. Like, he rented it. He was a jerk to us. And even if we call him, he's not going to answer. And he's not going to be friendly. Yeah. 
Well, so let like, me just put a little bit in this for those of you who are familiar-ish with like the LA area and Southern California. The U-Haul place is in Santa Monica, like uh, basically two streets down from the pier. Yeah. Trinity is in Brentwood, which is not... It's not close. It's not close. Yeah. It looks close on a map, but it's not... So it's like, not like the U-Haul place is down minutes. the street. Like yeah. he's going back and forth to Santa Monica in Saturday traffic. Yeah. Okay. Bad. As you were. Bad news. Bad. It's bad all the way around. As you were. So then I I beg this young lady to call the person. I'm like, I'll talk to him. Like, I, I have to find the keys. <laughs> so she finally agrees to, oh, there's a blue jay. My favorite bird. Oh, so, no. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I beg this girl. She She finally agrees to call the guy. And she's like, again, this guy yelled at us, cussed us out, and we don't even want to talk to him, but I'll call him. So she calls him, and she tells me that he looked in the car, in the truck, and they're not there. And I'm like, there's no way he looked in the truck. Like, there's no way. (laughs) So I let some time pass, and I try to get my thoughts together because I'm, like, ready to puke. (laughs) I'm ready to kill him. Oh, yeah. So, like... I, I, I had to call you and tell you what was going on. Because, and you were like, oh my... Like, I, I thought you killed me over the phone. Like, ripped my heart out. Oh my gosh. So, I get the nerve again to, be, to call the U-Haul place. And I'm like, okay. I know the guy said they weren't there. But, but I'm willing to pay him... What I said? 200 $200. Or $200. I said, I'll pay him $200 cash for him to look again. And if he has the key, I will come to him wherever he's at. Wherever. $200, find the key, I'll come to him. So they hang up. And so I'm on pins and needles waiting for them to call me back. Meanwhile, mom's like has no Me- car. Meanwhile, they're sitting car. in the little hallway. We're sitting in like- Trinity's little stoop. Her yeah. front stoop sharing a pizza. Uh, yeah, it's bad. For hours. It's bad. Anyway. So they call me back and they're like, good news. He found the keys. And even better news, they only said that you had $100, so I saved $100. Uh-huh. So, bad news is, he's at Venice Beach. <laughs> On a Saturday. <laughs> On a Saturday. So, they give me the number. They're like, all right, you guys got to coordinate this. We're kind of out of it. Here's his number. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to Venice Beach. I jump no, in the car. You get me. Oh, I did come back and get you. I don't know why. Oh, because I had to get the cash, right? I don't think I even have my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) We're a mess this day. Moving day. But then you kept calling and he wasn't answering. Yeah, so we got in the car. We go to the bank and we're calling and calling and leaving messages. And um, He's not answering. not answering. I'm like, oh my God. So where is this guy in Venice Beach? Like, how are we going to find him? Right. So I finally had to call the U-Haul place again. And I'm like, for some reason, he's not calling me back. Can I verify the number? And it was off by like one digit. <laughs> it was one right? digit. They're like, oh, no, we gave you the wrong it number. It was a two. Blah, 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 three yeah, whatever. whatever. The guy you've been calling is probably pissed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally get a hold of the guy. We go to Venice Beach. We give him. We find him. He's actually the nicest guy. He was I mean, so nice. He was I don't so know what apologetic. they were talking about at the um, U-Haul. He's like, no, don't pay us, but I will I was take like, the I'm, money. I'm like, this is the best hundred bucks I've ever spent. And I gave him the money and got the keys and... 
end of the story. But then the rest is history. So that was Trinity's move. That's just me, guys. And that's a milestone. No, I was saying the move. Oh, you took it to. Yeah. You oh took my, it oh to my God. That area. Sorry, that was like another rabbit hole. So May, all that happened. That was a growing pain. Uh, <laughs> July, all of June was spent planning your wedding. Oh yeah. July, you got married. Mm-hmm. Um, August, you had. Or August, I had a birthday. Nothing milestone about that. It's just we're getting older. And then we just got back from Mexico for, yeah. for our 25th vow renewal. Can you tell the story how you almost didn't make it to Mexico? Oh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So another story <laughs> is... So we get off the plane. It's like our first time going through we've never got. We've never, we never traveled out of the country. Shocker. Well... As a family. Well, as we a did family. You guys where you need... No. Like, oh. well, we did for our senior trip, but we haven't gone out of oh, the wow. country. I mean, we didn't have passports. We had to get passports. It was this whole thing. So this was all going on throughout the year, too, like planning this giant family trip yeah. out of the country. So yeah. we thought, got our passports. Everything's good. Let's go. And we arrive in Cancun. And... So we get to customs. And for those without children, they get like this streamlined process like you can go in this other line they scan your face and you move right along right well we have two little ones so we got to go through the long line and meet with somebody in person so we meet to we meet the guy and he scans my passport because i'm first and this big red box pops up and i'm like i'm kind of looking behind but i don't want to be like and I'm What's looking going at him on? because you know? my whole yeah. life revolves around his face. Like It's like either we're okay or we're not. So I'm yeah. immediately looking at his face. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can't, well, I I can't give her any kind of signal that anything's well, wrong. Because I looked at you. I made eye contact yeah. with you. And you're like, it's okay. I'm like, okay. So keep scanning, sir. So, so then he moved mine to the side. And he scans yours. And then he scans the kids and asks them a couple questions. And then he tries to scan mine again. And it's a red box with some Spanish writing in there. So then I look at you again. And then I'm like, oh. You're all. And I'm like, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So he basically gets up from his chair and he's like, come with me in Spanish, which I don't understand, but I'm following him. And so I'm like, everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Tiana's starting to freak out. She's like, what's going on? So we go into this customs office and they basically said, give my phone to you, my wallet, everything to you. He's going to be here for a while. And by that time, you're like starting to get like panic. Well, nobody would tell me what was going on. And they're like, he's going to be a while. Go get your bags. And we're like, well, why am I getting my why am I getting my bags? Like what? They're like, what is it's just going to be thirty minutes. By the time you get your bags, come back. Everything's going to be. So gone. then I'm watching yeah. everything, and like the guy takes you, but then he takes your passport to another guy who's sitting at a desk, and I'm like, oh, maybe they just need to verify something. So that guy takes it, and he's all, yeah, and he gives it back to the guy. So they take you somewhere else. I'm like, what the heck is happening? And they're like, go on, go get your bags. So me and the girls. By this time, Ariana <laughs> is like, yeah freaking out she thinks they're going to keep her daddy which could happen yeah yeah so they put me in this room with this other guy uh and that guy's like just sitting there like he's like i know they told you 30 minutes but i've been here for two hours and they're just lying to you i'm like oh great so i sit down and he's like well what'd you do and i'm like i didn't do anything he's like well i'm like well what'd you do and he's like well i'm a registered sex offender it's like it happened 30 years ago but they're deporting me back I'm like, deporting <laughs> you back. Like, like, he's like, yeah, they're trying to find a flight so I can go back to the U.S. And I'm like, okay. 
Then at that point, I was like, okay. I'm concerned. I, 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 and I, I that by this time, my bladder is ready to like explode because I just got off the plane. I didn't get a chance to go to the restroom, and it's a four-hour flight. So I'm like, I got to go pee, and <laughs> I'm in this office with this sex offender, and I don't know what's going on. So then they come in. They ask me a bunch of questions. They have me fill out some forms, ask me about my family, you know, what, what am I doing here? How long am I going to be here? What's my business back home? How long have I been there? So they run me through the ringer and they go back. And then I'm at that time, I'm like, I got to ask for a bath- bathroom break. So I'm like, I'll bon yo, you know, because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, this guy's an idiot. So they tell this guy, this officer, they, they escort me to the bathroom. The officer waits for me to finish. And then he walks me back. Like, you're not getting out? Like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. So I'm basically in custody. Um, I go back. They had me fill out this whole pack of other things, basically saying the same thing. They asked you if you wanted your phone call. Oh, yeah. And then they asked me if I wanted a, my phone call to the, ambas- the embassy. embassy. The embassy. <laughs> and I'm like, do I need it? Oh, my gosh. So I'm freaking out. Like, oh, like what the heck's going on? So it worked out. I mean, it, it, I finally got out like 30 minutes later. Finally met my, my family at the baggage claim. We thought you'd be like, running away from them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are, what are the odds? So I Googled myself <laughs> to figure out, all right, for some reason, this guy, oh, that's what the customs told me. They said, for whatever reason, they have a, there's a duplicate name with the same middle name and everything, Ruben Anthony Estrada. And... They're like, I Googled it. I'm like number 401 out of 500 of the FBI's most wanted. So we joked about it the whole trip that I'm 401. He's 401. Yeah, my, num- <laughs> my, my name's 401. But I mean, we laugh about it now. That was but it's kind of scary. I mean, there, there was a chance that I could have got deported <laughs> uh, and not been there for my bow renewal. So. <laughs> okay. So we got there. Had an absolutely amazing Wonderful. time. Yeah. Like if you guys ever go to Cancun, Dreams Riviera Cancun was absolutely amazing. The service, the facilities, it was just, it was an amazing vacation. The one thing that I didn't anticipate, well, number one, our vow renewal was very overwhelming for me in a great way. I we just talked about a long time ago like when we're tw- when we hit 25, that's a huge milestone. We're going to do this. This is what we want to do. And we've been talking about it and planning it, no big deal, but then when it actually came, like I think both of us were just so emotionally overwhelmed about like the significance of it for us, having our kids there, our our some of our closest family and friends were there. It was just a really cool experience like those things in your life that you talk about for so long and then they actually happen um, because I think so many times in our lives we talk about a lot and it never happens mm-hmm. so when things really do happen it's kind of overwhelming so there was that piece of it but it was also one of our big goals in our life has been to take our our kids and their spouses and their family or whatever take our family on a really nice five-star all-inclusive vacation and we've saved and saved and implemented and done the things and so we did that and 
I think you can speak to this because you're sitting here as representing all of our kids, but you guys had the time of your life. Like you all said it was the best vacation you've ever been on. Mm -hmm. And so Hmm. for me, when we were leaving, like I got so overwhelmed because I'm like, wow, we set a goal and we didn't waver on any of it. We weren't like, uh, we can't really do that. So we're just going to do this. Like we saved and did what we needed to do so that we could make that happen. And that's one of the few times in our lives where it's like we've had a giant goal and we've stuck with it because it was so important to us and and we accomplished that. That was overwhelming for me. And then it also left me with the thought of, now what? Because you don't think about... After. Yeah, like that's such a big goal, like a big audacious goal for you. And that's all you're thinking about. You don't realize like you never stop to think about, okay, well, when I do that, then what happens? Mm. So that's kind of the space that I'm in right now. Maybe you are too, but that's kind of the space I'm in where I'm like, now what? Yeah. That felt so good. And that was so huge. Like, how do we top that? How, 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 now what? So those are all the things that have happened this year that were like stop you in your track moments and just make sure it's just made me look at life a little bit differently. Well, on top of that, we're going through a shift in the market. Like, well, business is, yeah, doesn't we forgot about our business? Uh, uh, Yeah, it's business. Thank God. Like, I am so grateful and it's all because of those of you who who listen to this and support us. I mean, year after year, our clients and our past clients and our friends and our family and our sphere just continue to just like bless us in so many ways. And so we are fortunate this year to be among the agents who aren't completely running for the hills. (laughs) But there are a lot of our colleagues and a lot of people we see on a day-to-day basis who just are not making it. And fortunately, the one good thing about getting old is you've been around a while. Mm-hmm. And we've been through a really bad down market. So that doesn't scare us. Like, this is okay. Been there, done that. Like, we know what to do. Let's kick it into this mode and let's go. But unfortunately, we're seeing so many of our colleagues not being able to adjust. And, and there's a huge amount of people getting out of the business. So I am grateful every night that we're not those people who are having to and there's plenty of opportunities to help you know even there always is and i think that's the that's that's been one of the frustrating things i think in our business this year so many people well Mm -hmm. uh, so many people have just been like oh it's over Mm -hmm. this is so terrible nobody's doing anything just stop everything stops and i think i've said this before in other podcasts i'm like there's never a day that goes by that somebody doesn't buy or sell real estate ever in the worst of the worst markets Mm -hmm. yeah and so we're just here because we know somebody always has a need and we are always here to help. But that has been a challenge this year of just changing some of the way we do things and getting a little more creative and finding different solutions to different problems now because there are different problems that people are having and having to pivot in, in some areas. So, you know, that's been a challenge and really, again, just being super clear about what we want our business to look like. We've spent a lot of time on that this year. What do we want our business to look like? Who do we want to be in our business? How do we want people to see us in our community? 
and in our business. And we've spent a good chunk of time working on that. I think it's been hard for us to do it this year because of the amount of change we've had as well. Like, we usually do, we do these weekly meetings and every time we come in, it's always like, well, let's do this, let's implement this. And, it's and then just we go because, out of town or then we had a yeah, wedding just, or then we had exactly. a baby. Yeah, it, was <laughs> it was hard, it was hard it was to hard keep momentum. To, yeah. yeah. Our momentum kept dying. Yeah. Well, we had to just restart. Yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah. And I think that's a very hard thing. We were talking about this before we came on the podcast today. It's so many people see restarting as a failure, so they just stop restarting and just live with the status quo. And I think that's one of the biggest things to kind of train your mind on is it doesn't matter how many times you restart. Restarting is not a bad thing. It just means you recognize where you're lacking somewhere and let's do it again. And maybe this time do it better. And then the next time do it better. You're always restarting. And I think that's something that I realized. I, as crazy as it sounds, and as long as I've been a mom, there are certain areas of my mom life that I'm restarting. Well, I think um, the word restarting is like failing. You know, like it's an easier way to say fail. Um, so like, you fail at this. Okay, let's do it again. I think failing, failing, saying that you did is the same as restarting. You know, it's like a video game. Like, you fail at this level, you restart, do it again. And until you do it, you're not moving on to the next level. So I think that's that's just my thought when you said restarting. Yeah, well, failure very, can fuel you. Yeah. Or fail you, failure can destroy you. Mm-hmm. And... We have failed so much in our lives that it's like this part over here just doesn't even exist. Like failure is not going to destroy me. It just, it's just not. Because for me, like as long as you have time on this earth, as long as you wake up in the morning, then it doesn't matter how many times you have to restart. Because technically every day is a restart. When you think about it, it's a chance to do it better. It's a chance to do it bigger. It's a chance to say you're sorry. It's a chance to say I love you. It's a it's a chance to do all these things. So whatever happened yesterday doesn't matter. And whatever happens today, as far as failures go, isn't going to matter tomorrow. Like every day that you wake up, you have the chance to restart. And so well, that's just... Failing only happens when you quit, I yeah. feel like. So yeah. as long as you don't quit, you don't fail. I don't know why I just thought of this right now. And it just like, it just really Maybe because I've told you like 3,000 well, times. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. But, I don't know. It's just weird because yeah. it just like sink in, you know, like yeah. when you just like finally like something just clicked. Yeah. But you yeah. proved my point. Like if we go back to episode one, season one, well, I don't even think you were in that one. What do you mean? Our first episode. Yeah. <laughs> in season one. Oh yeah. It was bad. But I'm just saying to hear if we went back and listened to all of these podcasts and to hear your growth mm-hmm. throughout this, that's pretty phenomenal. And I think profound. you'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning, you not that you weren't bringing anything, you just didn't know what to bring or what, what would bring value. Mm-hmm. But your confidence now and your education, I mean, you are constantly, you know, podcasts, books, we're going to a lot of trainings and we're going to a conference next month. Like all of that stuff, you've become like a sponge, which is interesting to me because we never thought that would happen. <laughs> but 
heat. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm just being real. Um, but you've become like a sponge. And you are taking it and processing it in a way that works for you. And I think that's been a disconnect between us and dad and you. And that we're finally starting to understand, like, as as an adult and as a man, how you process things and how you learn best, how you retain things. You know, we're learning that because when your kids become adults, you almost have to relearn that relationship all over again. And I think that's one thing that parents don't take into account. They just think, oh, they're 18, they're out on their own, they get their house, they get the, you know, they go rent and they do whatever and find their jobs. But you don't think about the part of like, wait a minute, you have a whole new relationship that you have to now learn. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a new relationship because the dynamics change. I can't just tell you what to do anymore. I can't just, I'm not coming to you as an authoritative from an authoritative position, I'm coming to you as more of a friend and, you know, mentor or something like that. And that's a hard, it's a hard thing for a parent to shift to. Yeah, totally. So when I say that we never expected from you that you were going to be a sponge and just grab all this stuff, it's not that we didn't think you could do it. It's just we look at you with different glasses now because our job was to make sure that you did the things that you had to do to become an adult and graduate or get through kindergarten or whatever like we were there to make sure that you well now you're at a place where that's not our job anymore so we support you in a different way and that's a hard shift Mm -hmm. and it's a good spot to end as we all grew this this season, we've grown this year, and I can't wait to see what our growth looks like next season. Mm-hmm. And I think we should all go back and listen to all of our episodes and just kind of really have some tangible meaning to how we grew. And I think looking at the past is going to help mm-hmm. us do that. And I, th- I don't think we, we do that enough. Um. So I think that'd be a good exercise for us. And then let's talk about it next season. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, you know, I know we're ending, but one thing that I have implemented into my day, which you're probably, I don't even think you know this. You're going to think it's weird. I pick up my phone in the morning and I don't check my email. I don't t- check my texts. I immediately go to my Facebook memories and I look at all of my memories and they go back yeah, 14, years. 14 years. 15 years. Yeah. And that exercise every single day, I don't go a day without looking at my memories in the morning, gets my day started right because I'm like, wow, this is a really, really good life. And it measures where you were to where you're going. And it reminds you of the things that matter and the great things that have happened in your life. And some of the not so great days you've had or the not so great times you've had. And you're like, oh, but I made it through that and I'm still here. So as quirky as it sounds... Facebook, I think for me, or just social media in general, has become a great tool for me to log my memories. Yeah, and, I see that. And just like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll post things. I'm like, this isn't for anybody else. This is just so in five years, this pops up because I don't want to forget this. And so that's one of the beautiful things about social media. I know there's not a lot, but that's one mm-hmm. of the beautiful things that it documents 
your life and and to go back and look at that um Mm -hmm. i don't know it's kind of cool for me to do every morning no i like that then i won't give you crap about it (laughs) (laughs) learning growing (laughs) no really i'm learning i'm learning don't right 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 yeah all right okay so season three we're committed we're back on we're back season three I'm actually even more excited for now. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty excited for season three, just knowing like the stuff that we're working on and the things that are coming up and where we are. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for season three. Me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. We'll All see right, you everybody. in season three. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.